out. God is good. Wow. So excited about all the wonderful things happening uh, here at the Lord's house. And we're just, man, so excited uh, about God's faithfulness. You know, I told you last week uh, that we were having some problems. All churches have problems. And uh, we're, we're, we're not exempt uh, because we have people. How many of those people cause problems? <laughs> Our problem is we don't have enough room. Now, we've got enough room out here. Every week it just gets fuller and fuller, and sometimes it's full. But all around... Uh, our classrooms, our children's classes overflowing, our pivot classes overflowing, all the different things are happening. And so I'm just going to go ahead and throw out here, uh, we'll be talking more about it in March, but every year, if you're new to the Lord's house, every year at Easter, we take a special offering. It's called a resurrection offering. It's our best offering of the year. It's our best seed uh, that we say, Lord, all year long we pray. We begin to pray in January. Lord, what would you have me give? And we give our best offering uh, on Easter Sunday. That offering always goes, uh, number one, we pay our tithe off for that uh, to to a couple different ministries, uh, different things that we feel like the Lord puts on our heart. We want to honor him with our tithe off of that offering. And then we do a project. I mean, there's so many things around here. Everything pretty much you see, all the new additions have come from resurrection offerings. This year, amen, we are going to be building what's called the TLH Chapel. This will be, this, we're going to close in half of our pavilion. Our big pavilion out back where we just play and have manor house and all that. We're going to close half of that off. It'll be about 1,200 square feet downstairs. Uh, that will house uh, La Casa del Señor. Uh, it'll be a full room, full church with everything with needed uh, for service. And it will house our Spanish service, uh, Sunday school. It'll be for small weddings and funerals. Anything from 100 to 150 people, it will uh, double our fellowship area. Heart right now, we can't even hardly have church dinners because, you know, we had the first room and we believed the Lord and we doubled it. Now that we've doubled it, we don't have enough room. So we're going to double it again. And so I want you to begin to pray. Lord, what could I do on the TLH chapel? Now, many of you are workers. You can do something. You can donate your labor. You can do whatever. We're going to need all kind of things uh, as we begin uh, to build. We're already in meeting with the welders to start getting some steel beams and some things ready, some trusses ordered. And I want to have things ready to go. So when that resurrection offering happens that week, we will go boom, and hopefully within just a couple of months, we'll have that finished. We'll begin to have service in there, and uh, it'll, it'll just, uh, it's going to solve a lot of the problems we're having. Because then pivot can move, children's can move into pivot room, and uh, it, it will just be, uh, just through fasting and praying, and just, I can't get away, just feel like that's our easiest, quickest way to solve some problems. So I want you to begin to even now. Uh, begin to say each week, Lord, what can I do on the TLH chapel? And this is what we'll do with resurrection offering. And so begin to put it in your heart. Maybe the Lord tells you, hey, a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, whatever the Lord speaks to your heart. And uh, we know the Lord will supply the need. Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking about more. How many need some more? I'm going to talk more about more. 
We're, we are up to point seven, eight, and nine. Pastor, how many points to this sermon? I have no idea. As many as the Lord gives me. Each as I continue to study and pray and see another scripture about more, we're just going to keep talking about more all year long. Last year, it was the year of the decree. 2023, a year of decree. Amen. We've been decreeing. If you decree a thing, it'll happen. You know what I'm decreeing this year? More. Whatever you speak out of your mouth, whatever you decree, whatever you declare, are you declaring more? Are you decreeing more or are you decreeing less? Because we just talked on Wednesday night. We had two, two services on whatever you confess you can possess. And a lot of us are getting exactly what we're declaring. You're declaring sickness. You're declaring you're broke. You're declaring that you don't have any friends. You're declaring nobody loves me. You're declaring I'm sad and Listen, you've got to begin to declare and decree, I'm blessed, I'm happy, I'm successful, amen, I'm rich. Huh? Hallelujah. Every day I look in the mirror and I declare, you're good looking and rich. And someday it's going to happen. Someday. Listen, we've got to begin to decree and declare some things. So let's talk about, where are we at? 2024, the year of more. Let's look at our first six points just to give you a little uh, uh, update. Let's catch you up. Where are we at? Here we come. Y'all ready? More Jesus. Somebody say more Jesus. Woo! We're declaring I want to know Jesus more. More Holy Ghost. Come on, begin to pray. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me up every day. I want relation with the Holy Ghost. I need your anointing. I need your fire. More souls. Come on, Lord. I want to see more people born again this year. I want to see more people come to Jesus. I mean, whether it be my friends, my family, my enemies, I want to bring them to Jesus. More workers. He said, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Lord, send us more workers in every area, more miracles. Oh, I'm believing for miracles. I'm believing there's some of you going through some tests, but you're going to come out with a testimony, and you're going to declare the miracle-working power of Jesus. Oh, we talked about it last week, more freedom. We're going to begin to work on our addictions. We're going to be saying, who the Son is set free is free indeed. You begin to say, Lord, this is a year that I'm going to get free. I'm getting free from that nicotine, free from that alcohol, free from that drug. I'm getting free from pornography. I'm getting free, amen, from lying, cheating, and stealing. I'm getting free. I am going to be free in my body, in my mind, and in my soul, and in my spirit. Amen? Addiction... Come, come on, clap for joy. Hallelujah. I'm going to be free. Addiction is stealing your peace. It's stealing your relationship. It's stealing your money. So we declare freedom. Y'all ready for number seven? Let me read to you. Just, this comes out of the book of Jude. This letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I'm writing to you all who have been called by God, the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. May God give you more 
and more. Everybody say more and more. You know what's better than more? More and more. More of more. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Oh, I just gave away seven, eight, and nine. Mercy, peace, and love. Are, are, are those three things you think you might could use in your life? Let's talk about number seven. More mercy and more grace. Jude, uh, in King James, he said, Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Can I tell you today, Satan is a deceiver. He's a killer. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. He came to subtract. He came to divide. He came to bring just all kind of havoc and division. But Jesus said, I come that you have life and have it more abundantly. Everything the devil does is subtraction and division. Everything Jesus does is addition and multiplication. He said, may he add. May you have more and more Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied. Second Peter 1, 2 says, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. You see, that's what we're declaring. I, we started out at number one, more Jesus. I want to know more. We're, we're reading the Word. we got the Bible book club. We've been reread Genesis. Now we're reading uh, uh, in Joshua and Ruth. And we're reading God's Word. We're learning God's Word. And we're studying to know more about Jesus, more about our Heavenly Father. And as we know more about Him, we're going to love Him more. Amen. We're going to realize how much He loves us. Amen. We're going to be multiplied in grace and mercy. Amen. At first, let's talk about grace and mercy. What's the difference in grace and mercy? How many wants both? Oh, we, we, we need both, believe me. So we had one scripture said mercy, peace, and love. Another one said grace and peace. So I just put them both together as one, more mercy and grace. Let's talk about it. What is grace? Unmerited favor. I, I, I didn't do anything to deserve it. Unmerited divine assistance. This is just Webster, okay? Unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. How many knows you can't save yourself? Many people try. They try to change. If you've tried to stop habits and addictions just within your own power, you failed miserably. You need the grace of God to help you to overcome. Grace, unmerited divine assistance, a virtue that comes from God, a state of sanctification enjoyed through divine assistance, approval, favor. Anybody want favor? Oh, I love favor. You know what favor is? Favor is when I, I went to Chicken Express this week and I went up and I ordered a number one Four chicken strips with mashed potatoes and gravy. And I opened my box. 
I had three. I told the little girl, I said, ma'am, I, I ordered four. I just got three. Oh, sir, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. In a few moments, she came over to my table and she set down a little box for my one extra chicken strip. And I opened the box and it was completely full. That's favor. I went to McCoy's and Pastor Wendell works there and said, Pastor, how are you doing? I said, I'm blessed. I got the favor of God on my life. I just got extra chicken strips. He said, whoa, Pastor, here's you a new hat, says McCoy's. I said, that's favor right there. Listen, guess what? I didn't deserve extra chicken strips. I didn't deserve a hat. I don't deserve the favor of God. I don't deserve it. But because of grace, God just gives it to me even though I don't deserve it. Amen? So grace is, in its simplest form, is getting what you don't deserve. I like that. How about you? Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We just talked about it yesterday. Brother Freddie, he didn't go to heaven because of his good works. He didn't go to heaven because he ushered. He didn't go to heaven because he gave kids candy. He didn't go to heaven because he worked in Manor House. He went to heaven because of the grace of God. Because one day he said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. And God gave him grace. Unmerited favor. And he was saved by grace, not by works. He got what he didn't deserve. Now... What is mercy? Now, mercy is the opposite of grace. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Okay, mercy, listen to this. Compassion or forbearance. Especially shown to an offender or one who's subject to one's power. Lenient or compassionate treatment. Listen to this. Imprisonment rather than death imposed as penalty for first degree murder. Now this is Webster. What's mercy? First degree murder. Should be put to death. Just got prison. That's mercy. Didn't deserve it. No. He did deserve death. But he got the lesser charge. A blessing. That is an act of divine favor or compassion. Compassionate treatment. Of those in distress. So grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. We all deserve death. We all deserve hell. We don't deserve to go to heaven. We didn't do anything. But Jesus came when we didn't deserve it in that while I was a yet a sinner, he died on the cross for me. He gave his life so that I can be born again and I get to go to heaven, not because I deserve it, but because of his mercy. His grace gives me what I don't deserve and his mercy doesn't give me what I do deserve. Anybody need more grace and mercy? Now listen to this. Luke chapter 6, 36. 
But be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Oh, now we get excited when we talk about mercy. Yes, I need mercy. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. And we all want mercy. But then, when it comes to other people who have done us wrong, how merciful are we? How compassionate are we? What? How do we treat our enemies? Do we give them the same grace that God gave us? Or do we want to give them exactly what they deserve? Hmm. He said, be ye merciful as your Father has been merciful to you. Second Corinthians says, all of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more glory. Listen, the reason we want to give people grace and mercy, we want to extend to them what God has extended to us, is so that God can get the glory, amen, so that we can have more souls. Hey, there's people out there who feel like they don't deserve grace, they don't deserve mercy, and it is up to us to go tell them, you know what, I was a wretch, I was a scoundrel, I didn't deserve heaven, but God's grace and mercy gave me another chance. And you know what, He'll give you another chance, and I give you another chance. Somebody needs to hear that today. Matthew 5, 7, during that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, Blessed, anybody want to be blessed? I'm going to tell you how to be blessed right here. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Do you want to receive mercy when you do wrong? Do you want God to give you grace and favor and mercy when you sin, forgive you? Then you need to extend that same grace and mercy to those around you. Show grace and mercy to your spouse. Show grace and mercy to your children. Show grace and mercy to your family. Show grace and mercy to that co-worker, to that boss, amen, to that person that cut you off in traffic. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. I need more grace and mercy. Amen? Number eight. More peace. How oh, do you like peace? Man, I like peace. I like things to be peaceful. I don't like chaos. I don't like trouble. But in this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Look here, Acts chapter 10, verse 36. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Can I tell you today, you can have peace with God. You see, because of sin, you were separated from God. You became an enemy of God. Amen, you were on the same team as Satan. Today's the Super Bowl. Y'all know Super Bowl's playing today? Yeah. Woo! Miss Amy, she has worked so hard. We're celebrating my brother's 75th birthday. <laughs> no, he's not quite that old. We always celebrate my brother's birthday this time of year. and So she's been working hard on stuff he likes and... Uh, 
for lunch, and she's got us all Kansas City shirts. We and we got matching shirts, and we're, we're Kansas fans since the Cowboys are not there. <laughs> we're used to that. Hear about that man that died? And he in his will he wanted the Dallas Cowboys to come and be his pallbearers and to lower him in the ground. He said he wanted them to just let him down one more time. Oh, that's just wrong, isn't it? That's just wrong. <laughs> anyway, we're rooting for KC. If you're a 49ers fan, God bless you. We'll pray comfort on your hearts in your loss. Well, we're just going to have a good time. But, man, we're going to. She's been working hard, cooking and planning all just, just for a fun time and enjoyment. And uh, I have no idea why I was even saying that. I'm getting old. <laughs> It'll come back to me. There is peace with God through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. Listen, God gives you peace with God. Don't you want peace with God? Because of sin, we were separated. We were enemies of God. But because of grace and mercy, amen, He extended to us, amen, we become the children of God. And He gave us peace. Guess what? I'm no longer an enemy of God. Because of Jesus, He covers me with His love and with His precious blood that He shed on the cross. When God looks at me, He no longer sees my sin, my failures, my mistakes. All He sees is His precious Son, the one that He gave, amen, for me. He sees me covered in His love, and He doesn't see anything but Jesus. He doesn't see my flaws, my my imperfections, my sins. I'm covered in the love of God. And therefore, I have peace with God. I'm at peace today. There's a lot of people that are enemies of God. They, They do their very best. They hate God. They hate everything about God. They say, I don't even believe in God. That's okay. He believes in you. He created you in His image and He loves you. And He still gave His life. And as many who call on the name of the Lord, amen, will be saved. And they can have peace with God. Romans 5 1. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Oh, listen, I couldn't get peace with God without Jesus. But because of Jesus, I have peace with God. You know, the thing that's going on in the world, if you turn the news on, if you see what's happening in the world, you, what's happening in your life, what's happening in your family, all the things, it'll take you peace. If, if, you, if you think on those things, it'll drive you crazy. You'll worry all, because there's stuff in this world I can't fix. I can't control it. He said, but whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are good report, think on these things. Listen, you can't think on all the troubles of the world all the time and expect to have peace. We begin to say, Lord, there's, I can't fix all that. But I'm going to set my mind and my heart on you because through Jesus I have peace with you. And you give me peace. Isaiah 26. Let let me read Romans 8 first. Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay, pastor, what does that mean? What's the difference? Let's talk about it. What's a carnal mind? It's selfish. 
It just thinks about me. It thinks about what I want, what I need, what people can give me, what, what I'm not getting. The carnal mind, the natural mind is selfish and it just thinks of itself. And it's death. It'll bring destruction. It'll make, it'll make your mind have turmoil. And, and you'll be sad and sorrowful all the time, depressed. You'll have anxiety and worry and fear because you're not getting all this stuff. It's all about me. But to be spiritual-minded, it's about Jesus. To think on Him. To think on His Word, His presence. To think about eternity, not about today. And it makes you think about others. And when you think about others and not yourself, you'll have peace. When you begin to spend your time trying to meet others' needs instead of just trying to get your needs met, because here's the thing, as you begin to make others meet, meet others' needs, God will always meet your needs. When you only think about you, you'll always be dissatisfied. But as you begin to reach out and meet the needs of others, God will always make sure you have enough. To be carnal-minded is death. But to be spiritual-minded is life and peace. Man, I want to have life and peace. Amen? So I want to be spiritual-minded. I don't want to just think about myself all the time. I want to think about others. Isaiah 26, 3. He, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Everybody say, Jesus, help me to keep my mind on you. Help me to, listen, I want to think good things. I want to think good thoughts. I want to think lovely thoughts. I want to think pure thoughts. I want to, I mean, reach out and be a blessing to others. I want to be out meeting needs and working and staying busy, not just sitting around going, oh no, what am I going to do? That'll drive you crazy. But if you'll keep your mind on Him, He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Listen, when you keep your mind on Jesus, you keep your mind on things above, you keep your mind on good things, he'll keep you in perfect peace and and you'll trust him. Listen, the more you trust him, the more you know him, the more you love him, the more you trust him, the more peace you'll have. The less you trust him, the less you love him, the less you know about him, the more you'll worry. So if you're worrying, listen, you just need to get to go know Jesus a little better. Read his word, pray, talk to him, get in his house, get, because, get in his presence. Because if you st- keep your mind on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Can I say amen? amen. Now, we're back, last, last verse on this. We're, we're, we're back to the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, verse 9, chapter 5, Matthew. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So, I'm just asking. If peacemakers are the children of God, are troublemakers the children of the devil? I'm just asking. Listen, don't be a troublemaker. Be a peacemaker. Don't stir things up. Love covers a multitude of sins. When people fall, pick them up. Don't kick them down. Come on, let's be peacemakers 
And if we are peacemakers, we'll be called the children of God. Amen? One more. Here we go. Number nine. More love. Anybody need more love? Ah. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Now what, now, now, what kind of love do you love them with? This is the love month. This is the 29-day challenge. Come on, I encourage you. Get on it. Get to, get to doing it. Have some, come on, have some fun. Make, make, make some good times. Make some memories. Uh, let's love each other. Uh, Philippians 1.9. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Now, what overflows besides the toilet? <laughs> now, let me ask you something. Can an can empty cup overflow? Can a half full cup overflow? Can a full cup overflow? Huh? No, it's just full. But what if you have more than full. Ah. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Listen, you've got to be full first. You've got to get to seek to know Jesus. Because God is what? Love. He doesn't have love. He is love. Everything He does is because of love. And He loves us with a perfect love. And the more we fall in love with Jesus, the more love we have, and we get full, and then we overflow, and what happens when things overflow? It gets on everything else. Yeah. I want to overflow with love. Now, some people overflow with anger. Some people overflow with all kind of things, and it gets on other people, and it makes them feel, ugh. But I'm telling you, if you overflow with love, it'll make people feel good. People will want to be around you because they say every time I get around them, I just feel more loved. Every time I get around them, I'm encouraged. Every time I get around them, I'm blessed. Now, John 15 says there's no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. So, Jesus says there's no greater love then you lay down your life. What did Jesus do for us? He laid down his life. We weren't his friends yet. We were enemies. We were sinners. Yet he died and he, we became his friends because of his great love. Now, so he said, you'll be my friends if you do what I command. What did he command? How many wants to know? Say, tell me, pastor. Here we go. John 13, 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Listen, you, you, well, well, people know I'm a Christian. 
Listen, it's not going to be on how you say, what you talk, because you carry a big Bible. Listen, you show the world that you're His disciple because of your love for one another. Love is not just a word. Love is an action. People will see your love in action. Amen. Meeting the needs of the hungry. Feeding the hungry. Blessing the poor. Amen. Meeting, working, loving each other. Forgiving each other. As, we, God, as people see us loving one another, they'll go, whoa. They must be a Christian. That's what I want them to say. What type of love are we talking about? There's philia. philia. I type philia, but it changed it to a P. Philip. It's not the kind of love we're talking about. Philia. What is philia love? It's friendship. See, some of you looked at each other and said, hey, I love you. I love you. Why? We're friends. Philia. It's friendship love. Then there's storge. That's the kind of love we have within families. We're more than friends. We're blood. We're, we're, we're relatives. We love each other with a, a deeper, passionate love. And then there's eros. Eros is a physical type of love. It's a sexual attraction. Uh, that is a, a worldly love. That is where, do you know what, where, you know who eros is? Eros is the Greek name for Cupid. Did you know that? Cupid was, was the Greek name. Uh, and, and so it was all about this uh, Rome. It was all about this earthly, carnal, fleshly, lustful uh, thing. That's not where Valentine's really comes from. We see the heart and Cupid and all that. that, that that's a, the wrong kind of love. It's a selfish love. It is a love that says, I'll love you if you love me. Whatever you give to me, I'll give to you. It's this carnal, earthly, lustful, and it doesn't last. But God's love is agape. It is an unconditional, everlasting love. Wow. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Wow. I've got a couple more scriptures, one more scripture and a story. But before we do, I'm going to go ahead and release all of those that are being baptized. If you're being baptized, men, if you go through that door, first door out there to your right. Uh, Brother Gage, help them. If you have not got a Lord's House shirt that says, left it in the water, he'll help you get that. Ladies, you come this way through that door, first door to your left. And uh, there's a counter in there. There's some T-shirts. Maybe somebody, one of the ladies will help them uh, do that. And uh, in just a few moments, uh, me and Pastor Elias and, uh, and uh, uh, Pastor Marcelo, we're going to be uh, getting together. Man, we're going to be baptizing about 10 people. And uh, we're so excited about that. But while they're doing that, let's talk about love. Everybody say love. Ooh. Ah. Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. For God himself taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia and all the other parts he's talking about. So even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. 
Let's talk about that just a moment. He said, listen, you don't need me to tell you about God's love. You know how He loved you. You know He gave His life for you. you. You've accepted that. You've received His love. And you're loving those around you. But I want to encourage you to love more. I want you to not just love those in your immediate home. Not just your friends. Not just those who uh, you like. It's easy to love those you like, isn't it? But did you know, he didn't say you got to like everybody. But he did say you had to love them. There's people who do us wrong, who hurt us. We consider them our enemies. But God said to love them. To love them with his kind of love. An unconditional love. No, you don't have to love them with a friendship love or a romantic love. He's not saying that. But you've got to love them with a love that says, you know what? I may not be your best friend. We may not hang out at Whataburger, but I don't want you to go to hell. I want to spend eternity with you. I don't want to see you punished for your sins. I receive grace and mercy. I want you to receive grace and mercy. So many times we think, well, if I forgive somebody, then I've got to be best friends and hang out with them. No, no, you don't. But you have to love them. You've got to want to share the gospel with them, the good news. You've got to say, you know what, Lord? You loved them, and I'm going to love them with your kind of love. Amen? How can I do that? Listen to this. (laughs) I really wanted to preach this next part in a whole message by itself. But if if I did, I'm afraid I'd get in trouble. So I'm just going to hit it real quickly. And maybe y'all won't get mad at me, all right? Y'all ready? Let go, go ahead and say, Pastor, I love you. Y'all remember that. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them more and more. Here we go. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. Minding your own business and working with your hands just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. Number one, it's time that we begin to live a quiet life, peaceful life, peaceful with others. It's time that we stop causing trouble, stop being troublemakers and live a life peaceful, quiet, loving Jesus. Number two, gonna mind my own business. I asked my wife the other day, I said, Amy, did did you lose your nose? She said, no, it's right here. I said, oh, I found it in my business. So I I just thought maybe... Thought maybe you lost it. <laughs> Y'all know I'm just playing. The love challenge. Remember the love challenge. <laughs> Woo! She, she said, I, I am her business. Listen, listen. It's time that we start minding our own business. Y'all, y'all, remember, y'all remember that old country song? Mind your own business. Mind your own business. Mind your own business and you won't be minding mine. Hey, listen, we have enough to worry about. I got enough worrying about me and mine rather than worrying about you and yours. 
Stop worrying about everybody else and you do what you're supposed to do. Love how you're supposed to. Love Jesus with all your heart and don't worry about how they're loving. Every man, small and great, is going to stand before God and give an account. And you're not going to get to give an account for anybody else. You can only give an account for yourself. So let's start living a more peaceful life, mind our own business, and work with our hands. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Stop depending on everybody else. Stop being lazy. Stop I mean, trying to get everybody else to support you and get out and work and support yourself. I didn't get one amen. I told you, if I made that a whole message, I'd lose everybody. Whew, I got through that. It's over. Y'all go read that scripture for yourself every day. First Thessalonians 4, 9 through 12. Live a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands. And he said, then believers will respect you. Because you're not dependent. Listen, we have got to rise up in this world and begin to show the world, amen, that we can take care of our business. We take care of one another. We love one another. And when you love somebody, you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to cheat them. Listen, you're not going to kill them. When you love somebody, when they're in need, you're going to help them. When people see us loving like that, they're going to go, wow. That looks like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, Emperor passed a rule. You had to worship the Roman gods. They asked him what he thought of the Roman gods, and he publicly declared that he said that thought the Roman gods were pagan and they were dead and they weren't real, and there was only one true and living God. That got him thrown in prison. In prison, he continued to tell people about the love of God. The jailer had a daughter who was blind. One day, he brought that daughter to the jail, and St. Valentine prayed over her, and God restored her sight. The jailer and all of his family became Christians. Were born again, saved gloriously. Revival was breaking out. The emperor heard of it, and he got very angry. Story goes several different things, but one of the ones I read is that St. Valentine had fell in love with, I don't know if it was that daughter, but another one of the jailer's daughters. And on February the 14th, because of his stand for Christ and because of his continuing to preach in the jail, the emperor had him beheaded. But on that day, he sent a love letter to his love and he signed it your valentine that's where the true story comes from that's where we get valentines it's about sacrificial love it's about giving your life it's about greater love has no man than this than you lay down your life for a friend it's not all this physical and emotional it's, all, it's a true agape love of God loving, standing up for what's right and loving right to the very end how do you love? Do you have peace with God today? Do you need grace and mercy? And do you have enough love? Let me ask you. Do you need more grace and mercy? Do you want more love? Do you want peace with God? Yeah, me too. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed.
Let me ask those of you in the building and those of you watching online. You say today, Pastor, I, I don't have peace with God. I, I, I'm not a child of God. I would Maybe I'm an enemy of God. I, I, I've lived my own life. I, I sin. I do what I want to when I want to. I've never given my life to Christ. I've never accepted His love. I've never accepted His forgiveness. Today, I would like to have peace with God. I would like to know that everything is right between me and God. I would like to accept the love that Jesus has for me. I need grace. I need that unmerited favor. I don't deserve salvation, but today I want to receive God's grace of salvation, that free gift. I deserve to go to hell, but today I, I want to accept God's mercy and His forgiveness so I can go to heaven. Today I want to receive God's love, and His greatest love is Jesus and the gift of salvation. You see, these being baptized today have done this very thing. And today they're going to make a public confession of that. But you're here and you say, I need to make that decision to give my life to Christ. With heads bowed and eyes closed, is there any here today that says, I need peace with God. I need grace and mercy. I need God's love. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, I see those hands. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Hands, you can put them down. This is between you and God. This is a heart thing. This is a decision that you're making today to follow Jesus. These are going to publicly make the statement in baptism, I have decided to follow. But you're deciding right now in your heart. And you're about to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're no longer going to be an enemy of God but a friend. And you're going to receive salvation. Would you pray with me, everybody in the building? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for being my Lord and my Savior. Today, I confess I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Today, I receive God's grace and His mercy upon my life. I become a friend of God. And I receive His love and His gift of salvation. Thank you. Thank you. I am saved. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, Father, I thank you for every person in this building. I thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. I thank you for your peace and your love overshadowing their life. I thank you today, Lord, see these that are making a fresh commitment to you. I thank you for these that are about to publicly confess, Lord, what they have privately declared. And so I pray that you would seal, Father, their hearts today and you would see a change. They would experience a change in their heart and their life. In Jesus' name, everybody said a big amen.